In the Pits is partnered with Pod Runners Union. Follow Pod Runners Union on Instagram to find strength in union and celebrate our sports pit crew. Send in photos to represent your union local and be featured. Stealing pods for undeserving teams. It's a living. In the Pits is partnered with Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. Based in Austin and servicing the surrounding areas, these golden eagles will bring life to any event you are having, from birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, corporate events, or even a simple performance to enjoy. Guillermo Padilla, one of their trumpet players, is also a member of the Texas paintball scene. Visit them on Facebook and Instagram to check out some of their past performances, or give them a call to book them for your event today. In the Pits is partnered with Bem Raps. Behind every mask is a unique and creative player. Tap into it when you order your next custom headpiece. Their Build a Band lets you communicate with them one-on-one to make your order just the way you want, all the way down to the color of the stitch. Check out their Instagram, at BEMRAPS, for drops and build videos of them working on orders. They offer very competitive pricing, so reach out today to get started on your own one-of-a-kind headpiece. In the Pits is partnered with Uno's Jerky. Made right here in the state of Texas by J.C. Lamon, Uno's has some of the best-tasting jerky around, and each flavor has ties back to Texas paintball. I personally recommend the Texas Titan flavor. Head to unosjerky.com and use code PITS10, where a portion of every purchase will go back into the Texas paintball scene. In the Pits is partnered with Hydra. Designed by players for players, you can outfit yourself in Hydra gear from head to toe. Have confidence that when you make a purchase from Hydra, you are purchasing a well-tested and well-thought-out product, trusted by several top teams, including first-place semi-pro team, paintballfit.com. I personally recommend their Hydra Black knee pads. Purchases over $100 receive free shipping. Head to hydra.fit to browse their selection and discover the Hydra mentality. In the Pits is partnered with XTPL Events. The Extreme Tournament Paintball League is a series put on by the Lukau family of Paintball Fit fame that gives the opportunity for players to learn and grow together as a team. Three-man, Challengers and Champions X-Ball, Draft Mech X-Ball, and even Youth 3v3, there's something for everyone at XTPL. Not to mention prize tosses, raffles, and the infamous Paintball Munching Contest. Events happen throughout the year, and the prizes never disappoint. Sign up for an XTPL event today on PB Leagues. In the Pits is partnered with Skull Monkeys Paintball. Equip, engage, excel. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages 
experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at paintballkumite on Instagram. Welcome, everybody, to episode 66 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week, we will have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans. In this episode, we're going In the Pits with Meter Ninos, pro player for San Antonio X-Factor. Meter, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? Feeling good. Uh, I've been an interesting week. I know Chicago just happened, so a uh, lot of things going around, and then we're about to enter into championship season here in Texas with the Bunker Fest and the USXPL. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so it's going to be exciting time here. So speaking of Chicago, let's just start off right away with that. So this past weekend, X-Factor finished fourth place at the NXL Windy City Major. You went 4-0 in prelims, uh, and then you beat NYX in quarterfinals in a close one, and then you uh, lost by one to damage in the semifinals. So overall, how do you feel like the event went for the team, and how do you think it went for you? Uh, the event for the team went pretty well, although hearing how, <laughs> whatever the rollout, it sounds like we just had like a deja vu event. Um, cause at the last event we beat NYX on Sunday in a really close game and then lose to damage in the finals. Only this time we lost to them in the final or semifinals. Um, so kind of deja vu, but overall the team is, is good. Um, I think almost all of our finishes this year have been in the top four and you know considering some people thought we would do worse than we have i, I guess that's good but ultimately the goal is to win um so we're still short there and then personally uh i would have liked to perform at a higher level for our team and you know on sundays this season i feel like i've had some pretty good matches and especially moments when it mattered and to not really get uh get in the bag per se uh that was frustrating but not every event are you going to have the solution right i know with the end of the last event uh go sports and uh svp paintball they did that uh bit on your semifinal match with dynasty and they I uh, gave you a special shout out. Uh, it seemed like you got some key kills in that semifinals match to get X factor in the finals. But uh, I know this field and you were playing on the snake side a lot. And this field was just an absolute bloodbath. It seemed like off the break on the snake side. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, you know, this was a snake side that was, it looked like it should have been easier to play than it was. Um, the simple remedy is to be in the snake, but what made it really difficult beyond that was what is the two and the three supposed to do on that side of the field? Are you cutting the field off? Are you helping support your guy? Next question, how do you support your guy? Um, so I will say I probably underestimated, uh, you know, what you should or could be doing on the field. And I probably realized that too late. 
Right. I noticed, at least from the games that I was able to watch, that it seemed like a lot of teams were trying to pick on the second guy on the snake side versus trying to shoot the wide runner. Yeah. Um, the layout provided one of the, I mean, probably one of the best like little alleyway shots uh, from the back center into the first bunker on the snake side, which happened to be like a big brick. Um, and normally you don't have like the best shots on like what would what we call like the quick shot normally a quick shot it's like really tough to thread the needle um and maybe the timing's too off like and that could be a matter of a step or two um so here they just lined it up perfectly where you could definitely shoot well off the break from your first quick shot and then your your next shot was actually harder to hit so for the first time in who knows how long it was way easier and even better to pick on the two on that side because if you did make it out and you don't have anyone behind you, um, then you're kind of in a two-on-one on a side where, you you know, if then if you die, then the point's over. So that's why you saw a lot of early, you know, wins and losses on the snake side. Yeah, it was an interesting formula for sure. I think that I also heard that there were some, kind of some differences between the red side and the blue side on that one, like whether it was sure. easier or harder to make the snake. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. On the red side, you, uh, you could shoot the snake and you could make the snake. Uh, that being because the blue side didn't have a sh- the same shot like whatsoever. Um, and when that, and that's on every field, like every single field layout that you'll ever see, there's going to be differences. Um, and it has, every, you know, it could be, how the grid is laid it could be how the land is if it's not totally flat if there's a high side a low side and on this particular bunk or field layout uh on the pro field specifically it was a matter of one pin that made all the difference um which is a wild concept to think about and it wasn't even the wrong spot it was just because the land formation was like had it on a a tiny incline that took away the shot um and that's you know, kind of ridiculous, but also it's on every field layout and every time you're going to play. So, um, there's definitely no excuses, but you know, let's say you had an overtime point and you're making the snake the whole time, but now you're on the blue side where you can't see the snake guy. You can't go to the snake. Um, that, that is a, a frustrating thing. It wasn't our story, but I'm sure it was someone's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully one day when and if paintball is played in stadiums, then we don't have to deal with that anymore, event to event. Yeah. Yeah, and normally you don't have it be that dramatic, but this was one of those where it definitely, it's a it's a lie to say it didn't change outcomes or least decisions that you're going to you know, make out there. Absolutely. So uh, as far as the prep went for going into this event, uh, obviously in Philadelphia, you were coming off of the second place in the 1v1 sudden death uh, against damage. So um, as a team, you were pretty much right there and it came down to a single one-on-one. But as a team, did you have like a shift in focus or uh, different goals in your practice going in? You know, I think I mean, we definitely had different goals, but um, I think it was more so just around the type of team we're trying to become, you know, like with ideology of how to play the field and just trying to cover like all of our bases on what we're trying to achieve out there. Because 
one of the things about X Factor, and this has always been the story of X Factor, and um, you know, I played for a number of teams, and each team has it, their own moniker. But I, what I find interesting about X Factors is the talent level has always been really high, like individual to individual in um, in different fields across the board per player. But you know, a lot of it's the gunfighting. Like we're a very gunfighting focused team. Um, whereas like a team like, you know, RIP, but AC Dallas, they weren't a gunfighters team like whatsoever. They were like a zone team. So they're just trying to make spots and keep you out of spots. Or if you come close enough, then they can, you know, trade out and go that way. Um, and that's what makes X Factor unique because they were always like man, man, you know, they're always gunfighting and always trying to get kills. And there's a time and place for both. Um, so I think what we've been trying to do is just be a smarter team. Um, you know, there's no need to go trade bodies. There's no need to put yourself in a compromising situation to leave, you know, the rest, you know, two or three other guys on the field alone when we could easily win this three up, four up. Um, so I think that was a big change of focus is trying to just be a more disciplined team. You know, watching your guys uh, practice and even watching your matches, I can tell that there are certain points where you guys win just because you're better for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. but, I uh, it definitely can tell that you're, you're trying to become more uh, about that team, that teamwork and being, uh, you know, making sure that zones are covered and handed off properly and, uh, really doing the, the more team focused moves down the field versus just, Hey, I'm individually better than this guy. So I'm just going to go try and win the gunfight. Yeah, and you got to, you know, I think our team's getting closer to where we want to be for sure. But it has been, it's been a multi-year process to be like brutally honest, uh, at least in my head about our team. Maybe it's not acknowledged across the board, but when I go back and think about what we need to do to be better, um, or if there was a magic thing that could make our team better overnight, it would certainly be you know, all the zones and discipline and the correct calls and understanding, like the let's see, the uh, literacy of what these calls mean, you know, and this, I've, this happens on every team and especially the longer the teams together, the more personal attachment to a call maybe. Um, but it's much easier to be on one side of the fence than the other. You, you're either like all team or all, all star and to be in the middle ground could be the most frustrating just because when you have the right knowledge on what should be done, uh, but then make the mistake out of ego for whoever it is. It's like, that's a concept that grinds my gears. Um, but we're working in the right direction. Absolutely. And kind of speaking on the multi-year process, you guys have gone through quite a few roster changes in the last two years, like starting with uh, when Archie went over to Dynasty you guys went through like there are probably four or five different players that have come and gone through X Factor, like Anthony Bowles, Sean Saucedo, uh, Rainey Stanzik, now Jesse Stevens. Um, and obviously you've got guys coming in like TJ Danner, Cody Mikowski, Tom Guest. So it's yep. it seems like even though it's been a lot of roster like additions and removals over the last two years, you guys have made like very quick progress and as far as getting on the same page yeah um 
Yeah, <laughs> there's uh, there's been a it, each. There's not a summary for all the changes because um, each guy pretty much deserves their own story. Um, and it's not even per the guy, it's per team, right? Because I feel like with each era, there's been a, a shift. Um, and I think right now, the place we're in right is like the healthiest place X-Factors may have ever been um, as far as just the egos, the dedication, and just the likeness and being on the same page. Um, and I've seen, uh, I mean, as far as the modern era of X Factor, I feel like I've seen all of the, you know, the phases. Um, but what makes it cool right now, and I think what led to it being easier is they're just, it's like relationships, you know, you could be miserable in one relationship, you get out of it and then you realize the world's like not as bad as you made it out to be. Um, and I think that's kind of what's gone on within the team. And all these guys that we have now are people that we've, I mean, truly hand-selected. Nobody fell into our lap. Um, you know, I went after Tom Guest. We have forever been trying to get TJ to come to this team. Um, I've grown up with TJ, so whenever he was able to come on board, although he wasn't totally healthy, when he did come on board, I just knew this was the beginning of turning the page of getting, you know, X-Factor to what we all want it to be and which is the discipline team on the podium that isn't uh you know going through all the hurdles that we uh we did go through um and then Cody Mikowski was also a hand-picked guy um and the common thread LJ Parrish hand-picked guy uh the common thread between all these people are their attitudes um though different the common thread is they they come to do the work, you know, they come to be the, I mean, bringing yourself is half the battle to any sort of situation. Um, and the first thing with that is identifying who you are. And these guys know who they are. They're not trying to be somebody else. We're not dealing with, uh, you know, uh, psychological thing with any of them. All of them are here to, to win. Um, and the, the best perk is we're friends. So that definitely makes it all move you know the way it looks <laughs> for sure and it's been a lot of fun especially this year to be around you guys so much and kind of offering help whenever and however i can uh and i and we definitely appreciate it yeah and i i mean i'm just thankful for the opportunity really and hopefully we can uh hopefully i can continue to just give you all that you know one percent or however much advantage as i can for sure uh, I mean, I mean, definitely what you've done for us is, like I said, I mean, it's not going unnoticed. And um, I, I believe, especially with the footage side of things, as people learn what they're looking for in the footage, um, you know, we'll, I think everyone will understand more about the value. Yeah. And that's something that uh, whenever it's brought up, I always offer it to like any divisional teams or players that are listening out there is being able to study film in whatever capacity that you can, whether it's setting up a camera, recording your own practices, or if you're competing at an event that happens to have a live stream, like sit down as a team and go back and watch the footage. It'll become very, very clear, very quickly as far as things like, 
your communication or, uh, Hey, these are the opportunities that you have and haven't like, it's taken you 30 seconds to realize that no one's shooting the gap or things like that. Or, uh, Hey, it was like a full 45 seconds before we realized that no one's shooting the snake side and we have to get a guy assigned that way. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's so many uh, layers to that. I think the easiest thing to say is, you know, why not? everyone has some sort of access to a camera and definitely doesn't hurt to see yourself or to see others and just have that accuracy of uh, true recall, you know, like just going off of the adrenaline and saying, I called this or it was only two seconds. Well, when you have a actual time (laughs) clock going, that two seconds turns into that 45 seconds you were talking about. And what are we doing? You know, are we are we just out here seven hours, six hours a day playing paintball just to play paintball, or are you trying to get better? You know, where where is the truth in all of it? You know, it's easy to show up weekend week out, spend the money, spend the time, and feel like you're doing the job. But what's the true result? How do we know the metric of it? It the easiest answer is just <laughs> bring out the camera. Yeah, it's simple as that. And I mean, cameras are pretty cheap and you can get really good ones nowadays. Like, uh, just get a, get a GoPro is my suggestion because it has the fish eyed lens. You can cover as much of the field as you can, if not the full field. Uh, so yeah, anyone listening out there, get a GoPro, set it up on a tripod and, uh, just kind of fire and forget there. For sure. Right. Uh, people are saying that you're a little quiet. Let me turn you up here. Okay. Let's, uh, continue on. Thanks, Pat. Uh, so this next question, let's get into kind of your story now. So, uh, this is brought to us by XTPL events. So for those listening that don't know about you, uh, how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene? Man. Um, well, I've been playing since 2005, 2004, and I probably got involved like at least in the local scene where maybe my presence was was felt was probably like 2007 uh although i was just a young kid mainly consumer uh i was at everything every local event um i I mean i didn't miss a weekend of paintball for truly like a decade probably and that's like a true statement (laughs) um so I'd, i'd probably start there and then there was years where I was playing, you know, for other teams out of the state. And I definitely, um, when you're doing that, you're not really part of the scene so much anymore. But I've always tried to be uh, connected with the, at least the people who are and, you know, trying to make sure something's going on. Because in Texas, we've had droughts of paintball. Um, it, it seems crazy to say that now, but uh, in my coming up there were certainly i mean multiple five year situations where there was like north texas paintball or texas in general is pretty much dead in the water um so to see where we are now it's crazy y'all don't need me anymore there's <laughs> there's plenty of people oh yeah and just look at you know a prime example is how texas teams did at nxl chicago uh we took Seriously. first place in semi-pro division two division four first and second place in division five and then won uh, division four five man as well so a lot of texas teams taking home golds yeah and that's uh that's amazing to see 
And it's also pretty much the norm nowadays, to be completely honest. So, uh, and now we've got Texas in a position where next year we're going to have div- like a division three, like a really strong division three league just within Texas and starting to push the boundaries into like a true premier D2, D1 division within probably the next three years. Yeah. And that, that now you have my attention. You know, whenever we can get uh, some of these pro guys who still have the legs to play competing more um, and being a part of the scene, I think that's, one. Uh, you know, to try and bring both uh, questions together. We definitely need to see something for the higher divisional player that intersects with the pro player. And that's, I, I don't see anything more valuable than that like right now in at least my time frame because I'm 29 now um and shortly here you know whatever by the time my generation's retiring um it it's sparse like the connections pretty I don't know it's not there it doesn't seem and we we need to be able to enjoy the game that we all love there's there's no reason why um you get to a certain level and then you have to wait three years for your ranking to come down. Then you come back to D four and it's like, I'm sure some of the people here listening are those people and I'm not trashing them at all. You're a product of what the, the ranking system has made you. And I just think that's, that's wrong. It's a totally wrong thing. Um, so I'm happy that the times have caught up and the, you know, participation's caught up to see in a two year, maybe, um, a premier division where you get to have a upper level guy play with you. For sure. I mean, this, the very first bunker fest event of this year, there was only, uh, was the only event where the premier division actually made. And most of those teams, I think six out of the eight teams had to fly in from out of state. But, uh, even then you had like, uh, I know Steven O'Mara played with Baltimore nasty at that event. Uh, Marky France played with Austin notorious, I want to say Texas Demolition also had a uh, Texas Pro. I think they maybe had, uh, I don't know if it was Mark Johnson or if they had Jacob Johnson from uh, from Paintball Fit with them. But like being able to see that more regularly, like next year we're going to have three Texas Semi-Pro teams in Demolition, Shut Up or Trying, and Texas Cyclones. Uh, and with the amount of Division Three teams that are going to be pushing up, uh, it should be Pretty soon, I know that Texas isn't quite there yet, but we definitely have the talent for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, now let's get some of these other states going, and then maybe we could get, uh, you know, bigger regional leagues, more regional leagues, having this upper echelon division, and that way you're not having to fly people across the country. I mean, you're more than welcome to, but you know, the, let's say the Florida series has some of the damage guys integrated. The Northeast series has NYX guys. And you have a couple people instead of just like in the WC PPL, you have like all, you know, whatever pros low enough rank, they all fly out to out there, which is amazing and travels great and nice, but sustainability is where I think, you know, home is, um, and not, not be the only option. We just need more options. Mm. that's all that's my only piece (laughs) right and it helps like grow your local talent pool as well it helps guys bridge kind of that gap between division like low to mid divisions and then like division two and semi-pro yeah i mean it's just a a 
it's like the North Star. It's a point of reference of where you can go. And if you don't have that, then you're just going to have people doing the bare minimum or whatever is, you know, advantageous to them. And I think what's more advantageous to them than winning lower divisional prize pool, you know, mongering is growing, getting better at this game. Um, I mean, it's such a new game. So it's like no one's the best, you know, um, especially for the target that we're talking about. And if you don't know what the best looks like or how good you can get, then you have no clue and you eventually grow tired of it. But I've been doing this for 20 something years and I'm not tired of it. So uh, I think it's really important to have that North Star visible and um, approachable. Absolutely. And that's that's what makes the restructuring within the Texas divisional scene so exciting. So uh, what were some of the teams that you've played for over the years? Um, so the notable ones. Uh, would be Texas Storm, Raiden, which is a team from North Carolina, uh, the New Jersey Jesters, um, Montreal Manxstar, and X Factor, Ironman, Infamous. Um, you know, those are the top dogs. Was an Aftershock in there for a little bit as well? Aftershock was like a little sprinkle for little the <laughs> for the lulls, but um. I wouldn't even count that, but what that did bring was me closer and uh, introduced me to all the guys I watched growing up, um, Todd Adamson, Rennick Miller, uh, Gary Noblet, Billy Saransky, Rich Telford. I mean, the list goes on and these guys are all like true close friends of mine, like talk to them regularly, talk to them more than I talk to some of my teammates. Um, so, I mean... I don't count the team, but I count the relationships. And for for me, my story, um, the nine-year-old kid from North Texas at a time that there was no future for paintball in, you know, Texas or the dream to go pro was truly the dream. Um, I mean, that's surreal. Like I get to go play 10-man with them next weekend. And I, I think that's, I don't know, to me, that's insane. And that's awesome. I, I kind of want to hear more about the origin now. So like, tell us, bring us back to nine-year-old Dimitri Ninos. And uh, this question's brought to us by Skull Monkeys Paintball. So tell us, what was it that got you into paintball to begin with? Um, so at the time, I was big into gaming, big into skateboarding, and and even like inline skating. And it was actually a childhood best friend of mine, Nico Nakamura, he, uh, we, you know, we kind of did everything together. We did the airsoft thing together. We did all the stuff that you get into, um, at that age. And he, his like 10 year old or 11 year old birthday party was coming up and I was a year below him. So I was nine. He was probably turning 11 and it was his birthday party. I didn't want to go to. I had zero desire to do it. I already had things I wanted to do and like I was really into and um, basically somewhat forced into this endeavor that I was truly afraid to go do and uh, played paintball at this birthday party. Nico and his dad got me into it. They had their own setups at the time. So it was cool to see like I'm. you show up with a rental gun. It's like trash experience, but you get to see some of these other guys equipment. Um, and th I think the rental 
situation is far different now than it was back then. Oh yeah, it's way uh, better. Yeah. Um, and uh, man, it was just one of the best times ever. And I will never forget like the dad had a dye DMC and Nico had a blue DM4. And I was like, holy shit, this is the, you know, this is where the future could be for me in the sport. Um, so anyway, play had a great time and then it like never stopped. It went from rental gun to Tipman 98 to DM four, like overnight, basically within like a month or two time frame. Um, I'll never forget like doing a car wash to try and save up for a flatline barrel. And then I, I got the $99 for the flatline barrel only to discover that what the hell am I doing with the Tipman? And what the hell's a flatline barrel? I need this DM4 nonsense. And then it was, it was over from there. Uh, that's where the weekends never stopped with paintball. Yeah, it's a slippery slope whenever you start getting into gear for the first time. That's for sure. And oh my god! And that era was the era of gear. This is when, I mean, everything was at the top, and like everything you. Um, anything you could imagine was customizable and you had to customize like when you used to get a gun there was no clamp for the feed neck it was just a tube and so sometimes loaders wouldn't fit and you have to tape the feed neck of the loader if it was too small shave it down if it was too big um and i didn't have a guide uh through this because there was no real there was pb nation but to understand how to use pb nation at that age let alone like a internet browser is like not possible um so i kind of learned the hard way through everything um buying incompatible boards for like guns that i don't even have you know all, i did everything wrong but uh it was still amazing and the gear concept was uh, a thing for paintball it still is but back then man it was like a totally it was like a car person's thing you know like you could play paintball and then you could be a enthusiast and the enthusiast had like all the gear, the custom trigger, the ASA drop forward, the feed neck, this knob, this sticker, this, that, and it all mattered. And now, I mean, also for doing it for so long, you don't really care too much, but um, it definitely feels different now. And not, not for any bad reason, it's just of the era, it was a truly insane time. Yeah. I mean, some of those guys are still around, but not so much in the tournament scene. I know uh, if you ever go to scenarios that there's plenty of guys like that, that have their own complete custom setups. And uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but I remember he, he was like infamous on Facebook for buying anything and everything gold. Uh, and he like had his own like fully custom, like red stormtrooper outfit that he uh had like the the backpack rotor feeding into his his marker oh, yeah one of those yeah and uh <laughs> so those setups are still out there they're just yeah. not not so much on the tournament side no but it used to be like the norm um like your stickers defined you the placement of things like truly did matter i mean it didn't matter but it mattered to you and that's how people remembered you um and like style, oh my God. I mean, style was like everything. Um, it was just such a more expressionful time uh, in our game. I, was, I feel awesome. you there. And uh, everybody that's been listening for a bit knows my feelings on that. Like I absolutely could not stand the black on black team package era. Like it's for a game called paintball. It, it's right. a, for everyone to go with black on black just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's tricky now, man. I, it, 
trying to discover the new ag myself, trying to figure <laughs> out what, what that looks like in this era. Yeah, well, there's it's starting to come back a little bit. I mean, I feel like the JT Flex game never really left, and there's still a ton of options there. And then you've got guys like Project and Hormesis and even your company, Astra, and mm-hmm. oh, so many other headgear. It seems like it's kind of transitioned a little bit more to the soft gear versus like the, the markers themselves, but it, it's still there a little bit. Yeah, something's happening. I'm not sure. There's some sort of rumbling going on. It's, but I mean, I think Hormesis, I mean, specifically Oliver, uh, nailed on the head. I mean, I've talked to him, you know, just about some things, but I know publicly he was talking about what is like paintball style and trying to define paintball style. Um, and I think there's something happening there. Not sure what, but I think we're developing what that may look like. Uh, and it's cool, man. I mean, for the first time ever, you're excited to wear a paintball shirt. I mean, <laughs> I mean, at least since like 2005, 2006, that's when we had uh, creative minds making the stuff instead of just, you know, throw on uh, a logo. We definitely fell victim to the, the brand era, the branding era. Right. And I mean, maybe it's just a, a sign of the fashion trends in the general public. I know we went through a little bit of a minimalist phase and I think we're starting to get out of that. Oh, we could talk all day if we're talking clothes. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hear kind of your thoughts on that. Do you think it uh lines up with like kind of the general public trends or you know, the general public fashion is a very interesting thing. Um it's a very cyclistic thing. It's a very um you know, there's not a right or wrong. There's just a, you know, you could be a victim of the time, right? Like cargo shorts five years ago, lame. You're hearing the quote, no one's gotten an HJ since Vietnam. You know, like that's <laughs> like a common phrase when you see the cargos. But now it's like everyone's got cargos on. Um, and so to be cool, you have to be uncool. You can't be doing the thing that's on trend. And the, the timeline of how on trend you are to cool, it's like a linear one. Um, and this all arrives to the conclusion of like TikTok, Instagram, and social media normalizing fashion, uh, specifically for men, I guess, or bringing the trends to people immediately. You know, you see uh, Adidas sambas are hot, and now like everyone has them. You know, Nike's dead in the water for. Um, you know, the sneaker game. Um, but to some other people, you know, that's like totally incorrect. And I don't fall on either side. The side I would fall on is like, go get some thing that you like that makes you feel good. Cause at the end of the day, that's what we're, uh, that's why you're dressing. It's why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing or buying the things that you're buying. And if you're not doing that, I, I think that's totally cool too. But, um, you just got to be buying the stuff that you want to buy and the stuff that makes you feel good. 100%. And if that, if that you know, parallels with paintball, I, I think it does because people are starting to care more about what they're wearing and they're not just wearing the whatever. That's why you're seeing these smaller boutique companies um, stand a chance. Not only are they wearing something you'd actually care to wear, but it's like, uh, you know, not everybody has it it makes you feel better for wearing whatever it is you're wearing. Like uh, I'll speak to the stuff that I make personally. Um, 
a lot of people love it because it doesn't feel like paintball. A lot of people love it because it it they know where it comes from for them, but they can wear it out in public, and it's not the huh. What is the what's the splatter or what's you know you know whatever the brand is paintball? And it's like okay, um, breaking through that wall repeatedly is annoying. Uh, so sometimes you just want to wear something that you you feel good in. You know what it's about. People can also compliment you on it. Um, I'm sure the same thing's being said for Tiger Wear and Hormesis. Obviously, you can wear a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah, XXV Project. XXV. Uh, yeah, I mean all these things. The paintball tagline's not really there, um, and some people feel like that's not <laughs> representing the sport, but quite the opposite because people are actually wearing the stuff, um, and the conversation could be even cooler than oh paintball you know whatever um but long story short people care about what they're wearing they care about what they buy and i think you see that universally in all aspects of consumer fashion definitely and uh it's the wave that's happening right now with all of these companies that are popping up is uh cool to watch and cool to see like the the different like spins that everybody has on it uh so uh, i'm Interested to see kind of where where that leads over the next couple of like months and maybe few years as well, especially as things are like, uh, you know, obviously everything in the economy is getting a lot more expensive. So instead of yep. the uh, the bigger purchases within paintball, like new markers, I think maybe we'll see a little bit of a renaissance with the smaller like headbands, headgear, things like that, because it's they're just like cheaper items while you can still get your paintball purchase fix in. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, and that is a thing, at least on the marker side, I believe the industry has been striving for for a long time, not the cost. And, uh, and now definitely watch, I'll watch my words here, and you can't take my words for face value because I'm just sharing a thought. Uh, but the industry has been trying to slow down the marker cycle, to my knowledge, for a long time now instead of having a new gun every single year they definitely try i mean we've seen it since i think covid forced their hand with it but a lot of these companies maintain the same platform for two three seasons um which i think is good and healthy because we have to take care of our own paintball economy um but and now you have an opportunity for people to buy more stuff but here's the biggest conundrum all these people producing product everybody feels the pressure to buy some i mean some people feel the pressure to buy but what we really still need is you to play paintball we really still need you to go to the field and if you buy the shirt if you buy the headband we still need you to go play it um i just see a lot of people buying 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 and not having enough money to go play still and uh it's a joke ryan brandon and i talk about but we still need you to go play yeah, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I'll see like, hey, didn't you just buy a marker? Like four days later, they're posting like, hey, I'm getting out of the sport. And yeah, the classic getting out of the sport uh, flash <laughs> sale. Yeah. Yeah. See you next week. Yeah. So I uh, kind of through all of these trends and this question is brought to us by Pod Runners Union. Uh, what are some things that you've noticed that have changed either within the Texas scene or in general within paintball for better or for worse over the time that you've been in? 
man i've seen a ton of things um let's see a change you know i i see a lot of a good thing i see a lot of people willing to do the the process of getting better um which can suck and that, i'm specifically speaking to playing against better people i feel like a lot of people are more open to that um then when I was coming up, like that was not encouraged. Um, I mean, it was encouraged by people that knew what they're talking about, but a lot of people just like to go play paintball ramp on uh, like 22 balls a second, play against people far less, you know, qualified than them. Um, and it still happens. I'm not saying that we've, we've closed the door on our past, but um, I just see more people being hungry about it. I see more of the same faces uh, showing up doing the work and reaping the rewards of their work out to paintball fit four events in a row. Um, shout out to shout out. We're trying shout out to all these guys who were repeatedly on the podium and repeatedly doing the work. Um, I think that's exciting. It's exciting to see these organizations stick around. Um, Cause I mean, man, I've seen, I've truly seen probably 50, plus organizations uh, nationwide or and you double that to worldwide organizations be built and fall apart uh, within a season or two but it seems like some of the ones that are around right now have been together for you know going on five plus years so I think that's good um, trying to think of the bad but I mean the bad's all the same. It's just the attitudes, uh, tempers flaring at parks. Uh, a lot of that's due due to being overcrowded, and mm -hmm. you know, just the temper flare, which is a part of paintball. So it's not too bad. But what we really need is uh, we don't need the world's temper to come into the paintball world's temper. You know, like everyone loses their top occasionally. Uh, playing paintball you're redlining your psyche you're redlining your body that's fine but the fights and stuff that i've been i haven't seen any but i've heard of them it seems like at almost at every local field uh at least in california to texas there's something going on um so let's chill on that let's just chill we're all here trying to play all trying to get better do you feel like that is a recent thing because from when i've talked to some of the other guys like especially guys that have been around like a long time like Alex and Colt and Mark Johnson, they've all said that that's been a positive trend and those tempers kind of going away. They've, well, I think what's happened is the, I think there was way more people losing their minds back in the day. And now I think it's fewer people, but worse uh, tempers from what I've heard. And I, I could be totally out of pocket here, but, um, I mean, we did have a spree at some point in the past year or two in Texas where there was like a fight at like every field, it seemed like. Um, and, you know, who cares? I mean, that was just a bad thing that I think I've seen or heard of. Outside of that, nothing really. I mean, oh, here's one I'll say that I, I do actually know what I'm talking about. I think we need our field owners to invest more in their fields um, nationwide. Um, just because, and I understand the dilemma that happens, um, cause you, you know, you, to do any renovation to a field is pretty costly. It's not just like a thousand dollar, $2,000 fixed for a lot of these things. It's like a 10, 20, maybe even more fix to produce a new field, to re-net, uh, fix air stations, um, whatever it is, or change the layout of, uh, 
your rec field, something like that. But the the issue is how much money and how long are you repaid on your, you know, investment. But the user experience is everything. And when more field owners get behind that concept and put a fraction of the passion that JD has put into his field or Alex, and it's not even like their fields are perfect. It's like a house, you know, house. There's no such thing as a perfect house. There's always something wrong, always something going on. It could be the tiniest thing, but there's still something to be done. Um, and that's a paintball field. I just feel like there's a bunch of neglect across um, the nation. Um, and we just, I'm aiming for more of like a prettier experience, I guess. You know, we we should clean up. We should have fresh paint, uh, painted things. And the nets should be, fields should be clean. There shouldn't be 10,000 pounds of paint build up on the side of the field. Um, these are just little things, but I think if there's anything negative I could say with the amount of more participation, these fields are getting hurt and used and abused. And nobody wants to pull up to a dirty situation right um i mean as far as all of that goes uh just it consistency is the hardest thing in paintball and in general consistency is like one of the hardest things to do in life um and just to remember that hey we're you know paintball fields aren't competing against other paintball fields it's not like hey i'm gonna go to x factor i'm gonna go to knights or i'm gonna go to lost paintball or whatever no you're competing like if you're on a paintball field you're competing against top golf you're competing against bowling alleys you're competing against pickleball courts and you know all of these places where it's like a fun night out yeah Yeah. uh you're even competing against like even places like schlitterbahn you know yeah so you've got a far better point far better point to bring up uh and they go together but i think if I could edit a thing, I would mm-hmm. say, I, I, we don't need to go back, but um, instead of the temper flare, it's like player to player. I think it should be, I'd rephrase it to the field to field cooperation. You know, there's so much of people feeling like they're being robbed of, um, of a dollar that they didn't earn, you know? Uh, and I understand that. Believe me, I am not, speaking ill to people who feel like another person is truly like vilifying their area, you know, like um, whether it's like under the table paint deals or ludicrous sponsorship situations and blah, 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 whatever it may be. But your point is the point that should be made that we're not, we shouldn't be competing with one another. We should be trying to help each other and create examples for what it should look like. You know, and the one that comes to mind is like JD's Nightball. Like so many people want to emulate what that Nightball experience looks like. Why? Because it looks insane. Um, and think of like Top Golf and these other things. Like, I mean, they have far more money to deal with than mm-hmm. what we do. We'll get that right out in the open initially. And it's a far cleaner thing just naturally. But who's to say there couldn't be a Top Golf experience similar? Uh, or equivalent in a way uh, to paintball. Um, And a lot of, I mean, just here's one. And I understand how hard it is, but just imagine uh, a field that you pull up and there's asphalt as a parking lot, like an actual parking lot for a paintball (laughs) field. I I mean, I mean, I haven't seen one maybe ever. I know they exist, but 
you know, something like that. If I had a paintball field, I would try to make it look like a, a business, a presentable business. Um, I understand how difficult that is. I'm not uh, ignorant to that. I'm just dreaming. Yeah. One field that I do want to give a shout out to that does all of those things that you've mentioned is a uh, splat zone over in Houston. They're an indoor field. They've got mm-hmm. like actual restroom facilities, air conditioning and actual parking lot, like all of the things that you're wanting. And even like a spectator area where uh, you've got like glass windows that you can watch yeah. the entire and it runs the entire length of the building. So you can watch the field as players are playing. So shout out to, uh, Jaybird, uh, I had him on like in one of my first ten episodes uh, to get his his field, and it's it's an awesome place. And I suggest that Sweet. others kind of try to emulate his field. Yeah, there you go. I mean, and indoor, I'm not familiar with that place, but shout to Jaybird. Uh, Gatsplat is a field. Uh, I'm not sure with the current situation, but when I was growing up, they did a really good job. It's very sounds very similar to Splat zone um but yeah they had it all they had the ac good i mean you could bring your family inside and you're like ah this is cool you know instead of like are we safe out here you know <laughs> yeah. um but one day you know and, and but that all goes hand in hand with like i guess the whole conversation is where we are now what we can do to get better and have that north star of where we want to go for sure and uh yeah we'll see We'll see what the the fields kind of do here in the off season as we're continuing this explosive growth in that we've seen in the last probably two years, especially here in Texas. Yeah. So uh, this next question is brought to us by Bem Raps. Uh, so you've been playing tournament paintball since a very young age. Like you said, what, nine years old is when you started playing? Is that when you started playing paintball or when you started playing tournaments? I, I started playing tournaments at like 11. Jeez. Yeah. So, and uh, you went first went pro at 19 years old with X Factor, and you've also had a lot of uh, Division One experience before then with the Jesters, uh, Texas Storm, uh, other other teams in there as well. So as a teenager, uh, what were the things in your development that you focus on that helped you to be successful and climb the ranks to the pro division? Mm. Uh, passion. Passion is what took me. I mean, from uh, innocent bystander to an enthusiast to, uh, I mean, a, a, a killer to, you know, professional, you know. Um, there really wasn't anything else. Uh, I loved and bled paintball for, and still do, but really hardcore in my youth. And there was never anything in the way of what I wanted to go do, which was to go pro. I mean, that was like the solidarity of my mental capacity for like, I think a really long time. And, uh, I mean, and what that looks like is just playing all the time, consuming paintball, uh, being hungry to learn, putting yourself in the positions to do it, sacrificing the time away from what other people want to do with their lives or, you know, the social uh, dynamic um, to being a kid. You know, I missed, uh, I, I did go to my graduation, but I, I'm pretty sure I missed my prom. I went to somebody else's prom, I, who knows, but I was willing to give up everything, uh, which seemed like the world at that time um, to chase this thing. And 
you know, I definitely don't have any regrets, but I mean, there's no other word but passion. Yeah, it's a lot of sacrifice in there, but uh, especially to be someone to go pro, be one of 200 players in the world to uh, be able to do this thing. That's what it takes, right? For sure. I mean, the amount of friends uh, that I got into paintball with or played paintball with um, to who I'm doing that or who's still doing that today is TJ Danner. Um, But of that group, I mean, man, we were kids with about 40 other kids that uh, we had a huge like class, if you will. Um, And we're... Ashton Johnson was also a part of that and he made it to the top as well. And it's not to say that making it to the top is like the end all be all. But for me, that was what my journey was. Um, purely was to go pro and compete at a pro level and be one of these guys that I watched and emulated and admired so much. Um, and to see you see where like all of their lives and their journeys have taken them and there's all obviously different circumstances for everybody but the bottom line is you know TJ and I are still doing it and that's why we are here if you stop doing it you're never going to go to where you want to be um and i think that's a story that hits to a lot of people because some of these people that i'm remembering currently they've i didn't have that perspective till it was brought to my attention and um you know you hear about someone from your past talking about you to somebody else and it eventually comes back to you and some of the things i've heard over the years from the same people was crazy because small little section but you know i remember when i was like 19 going pro a guy was gossiping about me saying oh he you know he only could do it because his family you know paid for him and could manage to do that blah 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 blah. which has a valid point but the thing is that wasn't the thing that made me go pro like the sacrifice is what made me go pro and never stopping is what got me to the the pro title which is insignificant what's significant is continuing to show up and continuing to get better um and having a path and uh that same person 15 years later, uh, you know, is admiring and loving and, you know, that story, that person may never, may never even remember. But what it did to me was like shocking because I was like, damn, this guy's hating on me. Why is it, why are you hating <laughs> on me? Um, but what I now understand is it was more so coming from a place of like uh, not purely envy, but, you know, what I, what I believe, because I just know the situation better than anybody else, obviously, but, uh, you know, they gave up on what they wanted to do and they found distractions and they found things that were easier to do than to just continue to show up and doing this. And this is a thing that I believe everyone can relate to, or at least they've seen it if you're listening to this podcast, because we've all had people step away and we've all had people have to step away. Um, but eventually they come back and it's not to say for better or for worse but if you come back i mean a lot of those people will remember and be upset that they even compromised letting it go in the first place unless there was like real reason to let it go there's always there could be a real reason to let it go Mm -hmm. you can't afford and you're not paying your bills or there's family neglect like this is a game bigger than anything else it's still just a game but um 
it's still crazy to think about, you know, just showing up, just showing up gets you, gets you places that not showing up won't. Yep. Uh, just like we were saying earlier, consistency is the hardest thing. Yeah. But I'm curious to, I, I wonder if there is anybody that tracks or if, if the numbers are out there at all, as far as like the number or the, I guess the percentage of people that leave and come back, because it, it feels like paintball has a pretty high percentage there. Yeah, the it's got to be up there. Um, the hardest part about paintball is re- retainment for the entire time, right? I think the the lifetime retainment is there, um, but how to keep people in it longer than the little, you know, uh, you know spark in the pan type of right, situation for sure so uh let's see i'm looking at the chat real quick to see if we got any questions in here so far um <laughs> jay saldana asks if you can buy your clears that you bought today i haven't bought them yet um man i've been on the hunt for clear uh frames and bottoms i just wanted the full clear setup and uh everyone wants a pretty ludicrous amount of money for them yeah, I think I think the bottoms are like they're hovering around four hundred right now. It's insane. Yeah, I think this guy got back to me and said six hundred's an offer, and it's just like, jeez, I don't know how bad I, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, what's crazy is that they're at, that might even be considered a good price six months from now. No, yeah, I think it's totally a good price. I mean, the, the thing is, all clears go yellow, so. um you're and now i mean we're 20 years after the production date of some of these goggles mm-hmm. so it's like if they're any sort of clear without yellowing i think it's the value will skyrocket and they're not making more apparently i don't know why they don't make more i always i bug whenever i am in a conversation to bug somebody i bug them maybe john dresser secretly has like 100 clear bottoms that he's just sitting on i want to put it past him <laughs> uh so uh Let's see anything else in the chat here so far. Yeah. Uh, Sauce says, uh, kind of going back to our conversation about fields invest, like field owners investing in their field a little bit more. Uh, just a ima- He says, imagining Nightball at X Factory, that would be, that would be awesome if uh, they would be able to get it there. Yeah. That would be cool. So, uh, aside from the events that, uh, X Factor has had with Anthony on the team. Uh, you've been the youngest player on X Factor for quite a while now. So, as far as like your role on the team, uh, do you think that age uh, plays any part in it? In, for me, it hasn't. Um, even when I was 19, I was like 19 going on like 60. Um, I mean, I was definitely more wild, but. Uh, as far as the demeanor and what I brought to playing, I, it was definitely more mature. I mean, I, I, to this day, I meet people older than me that I'm like, oh my goodness, how are, we, uh, how are we working in this whole thing called life acting this way? Um, but I've never felt the pressure of uh, being younger or you know, too naive for the group. Um, I mean, even now, some of our guys, I mean, we've had older guys for sure, obviously, but there's definitely no little bro type energy with me. Um, 
if anything, I'm big bro to some of the <laughs> older guys. But uh, no, it's just never been a thing for me. I, I mean, I was a only child growing up, um, and was always I mean, paintball matured me. Look, I've been playing with these far older people than me my entire life. So if there was an age issue, then that uh, you know that's that's on me. But I feel like I've just been thrown into the the gauntlet and uh yeah for better or for worse matured for it gotcha so i the reason i bring up kind of that that age factor uh and this is brought to us by mariachi aguilas de oro like right now we are seeing a huge explosion as far as the youth movement within paintball uh mm-hmm. and like divisions are selling out within like 10 15 seconds for uh youth leagues so uh what advice do you have for any of the kids that are out there uh that are looking to both improve their game quickly and maybe one day go pro man a few things um you got to play we'll just start with like the non negotiables you got to play more paintball you got to play as much as you can um you need to remember or identify what paintball brings out in you. Um, you know, if you're a shy guy, but when you're at the paintball field or you're playing paintball, you feel like just this, like, we all see it. Like, there's some people with, like, true killer instincts or um, maybe they're far more strategical than they even knew. Um I mean, at the end of the day, we're playing a game versus another. I mean, it's it's mind versus mind, and there's not many things in life that are like that. Um, I mean, of course, there's like video games, there's chess and things of that nature, but there's not like a thing really anymore. I mean, there's jujitsu, but um, like we do modern day gunfighting. That's what it kind of is at the end of the uh, bottom line um and so when you're able to impose your wit uh in tandem with your athleticism you know there's i don't know there's something different there than with most things um so identifying what like activates within you i think if you look for that at a young age that could be a really powerful thing because you find that thing that like for me, it was this passion and, um, you know, just sort of just like lust for life playing paintball. And I think that was like the biggest value to me as a kid is I was able to love, I mean, it's deeper than it should have been, but it's like, I loved living. I loved living while I was playing. I love being around the field. I love being myself when you're at the paintball field you get to show up as genuine as you want to be. And there's something in there with the mask and all that. Who knows why? But something happens to all of us, and it's different. So if you can find that that's and lean into it, I think that's a huge lesson in life that you don't get anywhere else. I mean, like you hear the phrase, like, work a job you hate to find something. You find something you love or something like that. Um, and paintball, I think, kind of universally can do that if you know what you're looking for. Um, next would be find your group of friends, and uh, you're going to find more and more friends throughout your life and throughout the game. But I think it's really important to um, find a find a group to grow with 
And like for me personally, I feel like I didn't have that. Um, I had it to a degree, but my focus was so much more about the pro path and uh, so much more introspective about me getting better um, that I feel like I blew through some of the, I definitely had more my more than my fair share of fun, but I definitely feel like I, I blew through some of the fun to get to the the developmental skill side of it. Um, so if you can do both, which is a, an option now for these kids, I mean, the U19 thing, you're able to play with like all kids your same age. When I was playing, it was like me, a 22-year-old, a guy with a drug problem, a guy with a divorce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that was like my thing and that's equally fine but i just think it's awesome that there's a place for the kids um to be kids and like mature as adults or mature as just people um through this game that's the value in it the game's the game we all know the game's the game but what's more than the game is the this this sort of stuff yeah absolutely and even like the stuff with the u19 u16 like even though you're playing with kids and uh against other kids it it's not like your overall like it's it's not like your paintball career is on hold until you reach a certain age and then you can begin the climb to go pro like the guys most of the players if not all of the players on the U19 team for the United States are New York Wrecking Crew who are going to tear it up over in Division 2 and you've got these kids teenagers that are taking it to all of these, you know, grown ass men from all over the country and they're just absolutely wiping the floor. So, Mm -hmm. and I love it because, uh, that's the future, you know, I mean, no shit, young people future, but, uh, them and their success is the future. Like we have to wash like the whole sport. We have to wash it all off with this new, uh, these new people stampeding. I mean, look, paintball fit winning the four events and obviously all the younger kids regionally, locally dominating their uh, series and their comprehension for the game is just like right there. Um, I mean, that's this, a similar thing that happened to skateboarding. Um, different dynamics because skateboarding was limited to the pure gravity of a nine-year-old to... 28 year olds not the same and so these kids were like ripping tricks that could not physically be done by these older guys um and so like all the stats got weird for a couple years until they learned how to properly and they don't still don't know how to do it but you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i mean it takes the new blood to uh to set the record straight or create a new slate um so it's epic like the the generation of pros 10 years from now who even knows what the game looks like, you know, I may hate it because it, I, I couldn't, I can't do it, you know, and that is to be leaned into, not to be pushed away, which is what I think, um, happens often in our little game Mm -hmm. because the people at the top are afraid of certain things or anybody in position of power, not like just the, the GI or, uh, Bart, Randy, and you know, NXL heads, but like the local guy, I don't know his name who has a tournament series, you know, like they don't want some of this stuff to happen because it, you know, who knows? 
or it's just an opinion, but we got to lean into these things instead of being apprehensive. Um, cause if it doesn't work, it won't work. And if it's supposed to work, it, it should be done. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, redlined. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, the kids are going to, that's why we're seeing finally like more younger players ascend into the higher ranks. Cause there is this place for them to play. Like, it's not, it's not like, you know, when you came in where, Hey, welcome to the field. Here's a whole bunch of, you know, 40 year old dudes shooting at you semi uncapped for your first time. No, it's like, you've got youth divisions. You've got even, even for like the, the casual players getting into it for the first time, you've got 50 Cal. Uh, mm-hmm. and it seems like the, and what I was saying, I don't know if it was last episode or two episodes ago, but, uh, kind of that landing zone for, uh, players to dip their toe into paintball is a lot more, uh, gentle than it has been historically. And when I say landing zone, I mean, like, obviously for any sport out there, you've got kids that, you know, if they want to be a football player, then, you know, they can throw a football around the backyard. Uh, they can, you know, do things like that with a baseball, basketball, whatever. And with paintball, uh, I know some people are like, there's no like kind of link there, but how many, how many kids grew up with Nerf guns? How many kids grew up with, uh, you know, airsoft things like that. And then they get to paintball to that, you know, step two. And it's just, bam, you, you're immediately getting ramped on and you quit and never look back. Yeah, totally. Um, absolutely. I mean, hmm. I, I had a random idea in that, but we are seeing more and more people and it's naturally going to occur. It's already naturally occurred. I mean, there's definitely a difference in people's perception of paintball um, and by perception, probably the wrong word, just awareness of its existence has changed in the past 20 years from when, you know, I started to now. I mean, I still have to explain like what I do and how it works and oh there's a pro i never even knew it was a pro thing and that you know it's like Mm. had that conversation over a hundred million times but now it seems like there's at least uh oh yeah birthday party paintball you know like you say paintball that comes into their mind or they've seen it they've heard of it they have a kid that plays call of duty paintball map in the center of the stadium you know we have a paintball layout in a stadium in call of duty the one of the largest video games played ever and uh currently being played and you know that that's obviously going to help you know you're seeing it just more present um that change that's like i said generationally the next generation it's going to be even more common it'll be the next skateboarding in regards to yeah we got the nerf we had the airsoft we had the rollerblades now we got the paintball and as long as that's at least a canon event in uh, everyone's childhood then the game is in a good place. Absolutely. So uh, this next question is brought to us by Paintball Kumite, uh, which is Colt Roberts' uh, little training thing. Hopefully we see more classes soon now that uh, we're after Chicago. Uh, Be on the lookout for Colt to maybe make an announcement for the next class. So uh, back in 2021, uh, you surprised us with the Astra Invitational, which was a pro, semi-pro, invite-only event held at Paintball Fit. Uh, I think the big allure that at least everybody kind of grabbed onto was the large cash prize. So 
Uh, what was the inspiration for not only the Invitational, but also like the creation of the Astra brand in general? Man, uh, so the brand I wanted to create um, like a, and it's still, I like to call it just like an idea. It's just like a, this, this floating vessel in the, in the, in the sky that when inspiration comes, like I have some, I have a place to create the idea or create a product or whatever it could be. And we have a name for it. We have uh, a channel to release um, whatever it is. And so it kind of all happened hand in hand. Um, came up with the, the brand and then shortly following the tournament idea was there with the help of uh, a lot of people. But um, can you hear my dog? It's it's fine. Okay. Um, young P wants to get a shout out. But uh, <laughs> so the, the idea really came from, look, there's now 20 pro teams. And of these 20 pro teams, what new team has won? And what new team has won in the past forever? Um, I'll tell you the answer. It's not many. And it's certainly not the lower 10 teams. It's certainly not even the lower 15 teams. Um, it's truly like the top five, maybe six. Like it, you'd say Infamous is like good for that sixth spot. It's like Dynasty, Houston Heat, Impact, Damage, X-Factor, and Infamous. Um, but this stretches back way before we even have half of these teams like created. Uh, like Dynasty, they obviously won a ton back in the day. Infamous here and there Houston heat wasn't even a team impact was a team but like in 06 07 as far as the pro rankings go and damage similar story but fact of the matter is these other guys don't have a place to go win and and i mean like i am being as hardcore as i could be with how my idea came to fruition and i wanted to make an event where you could come play and you could win because right now you cannot win it's getting narrower, 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 narrower. But until it happens with consistency, I feel like that idea holds up. And especially at the time that this all came about, it was like, sure as shit, like, you're not winning. Um, so let's make an event that somebody can win. Let's make an event that has a cash prize that is the largest cash prize that someone's won in God knows, like, how long. Um, when I won World Cup in 2013, I believe the check was for 12 thousand five hundred dollars or maybe twelve thousand who knows um 2005 trauma won the psp world cup and it was 50 grand so my introduction to paintball the year that i got into it a team won fifty thousand dollars that team had a roster of 15 people so it kind of you know Mm-hmm. depending on how you, they distribute it it's kind of a similar thing but still more still more than what we get um and people won cars, people won motorcycles at local events that I, I, I saw. Um, there was just so much more extreme sport energy. And this was also the era of extreme sports. This is when people were giving money out like it was free um, across the board. Like X Games and all these extreme sports had insane packages of prize pool. Um, but so that was the inspiration to make it $15,000. Um, and that was really just a number I made. I came up with, I'm like, what's the last one? We could go crazy, but let's start with 15. Then maybe the next one we go crazier and yada, yada, yada. 
Um, but that was like the the structure of why I wanted to get it going initially. Um, so how do we do it? We invite the teams that were qual, you know, what we deemed qualifiable, which is just not a top team. Um, let's keep them out of this one and let's just see what happens. Oh, and let's invite like the top four semi-pro teams because when I was going, it came into the sport, there was an open division and the open division was like, you, it was like, for my perspective, it was like this unknown because it wasn't like recorded well. Um, the media was great back then because it was authentic, but it wasn't good as far as information is concerned like i didn't know who the hell played for who or anything i just knew what teams i kind of liked who i thought was sick who was in the magazine okay where do they go you know but there's like this whole open division that history isn't really captured in um and i thought that was like a very attractive division at the time um because you had like aftermath and i mean all the people that weren't a part of the nxl or the psp they were part of this open division um and it was kind of mixed so long story short wanted to bring in these semi-pro teams and see how they held up because a big topic of conversation at the time was you know these bottom pro teams are so bad they couldn't even win in semi-pro and these semi-pro teams think they're so good they should beat you know the outlaws or something but this is all just conversation until it's done so it was like all these ideas and concepts i wanted to create a intersection of reality and see it really happen and that's what we did and it was a pretty special event um you had san diego aftermath the semi-pro team at the time um oh sorry a pro team at the time lose to blast camp a semi-pro team two times one in the prelims and one in the finals a semi-pro team wins a pro event um for the you know i mean obviously like one of the first times but uh it was crazy to see and the result couldn't have been better. And, um, I mean the whole way through, we just had a great weekend of paintball and that's what it should be about is like, um, just the specialness of getting together to compete because if it's not special to you, then why the hell is it going to be special to, you know, anybody else? So we need more of those weekends in, in order to show what it is that, why we think this is so special to us. That event definitely made a huge splash when it was announced and when it actually happened. And I, I think uh, that event probably is a big reason why Blast Camp gained a lot of popularity very quickly. Uh, and now, I mean, soon after that, they were getting scrimmages with Houston Heat on the regular. Uh, so. Yeah. You know, when, when that happens, uh, it's like, oh, these, you know, these conversations that you see on Facebook sometimes of like, hey, we should demote two teams and get Blast Camp and Fit in. Uh, it, like it helps kind of bring light to that conversation of who who are actually the top teams in the world. Uh, but yeah, and I, al- I also remember that uh, kind of the response uh, in the paintball community in general, whenever the event was announced, was that there was a lot of interest, especially with how uh, media was concerned and kind of the plan around that. So uh, this question is brought to us by YI Paintball. So as far as like the media is concerned, what was the plan around that? And I know there's only really been three uh, matches or three episodes published. Is there a roadmap for any any more to come out? You know, I... Uh 
the media side that is where we faltered um i mean there is the content i don't have the content it was supposed to be made it wasn't made um it's an unfortunate turn of events but i mean it's it's the honest truth uh however it came about it we don't have anything uh outside of three episodes um i would have loved for it to be handled better on all accounts um but there comes a time and when you're trying to make something happen that you either get to you know complete everything you said you're gonna do or just like crush the thing that matters and unfortunately that was like a thing that i had to kind of let let bygones be bygones and just if something came about amazing if and if it didn't we have an event to really you know cater to and make sure the people there are happy and that's kind of what ended up happening um like i said there is footage but i have no idea where it is or even who exactly has all of it and what to do with it so whoever does have it if you're, you're listening um people still want to see it get my full permission rip it let's go um but you know i did i did everything with this event um you know on on my own at least as far as the finances are concerned and to do the media to the level that i wanted it to be done i just would have had to invest so much more and by the time it all came about that that wasn't the decision that was made so in the future though I have I have now the the experience of knowing what needs to be done. Speaking of the future, what can we expect from the Astro Band uh, in the future? So right now we have I'll be releasing like our fall collection. Um, probably I have all of the products, but we still need some of the stuff to be embroidered and all that. But I'd imagine like mid October. I'll be doing a drop of a couple different, um, like we have I really target narrowing in on this, uh, like travel, um, attire, like what you, what do you wear when you go to the airport? Right? Like, at least for me, like an airport fit is like, it, it's a very big deal. Um, it's a big deal because it's what you're traveling in. It's how you, how comfortable you're going to be. And, um, you know, that's something that I pay attention to um the hoodies the fit the the whole swag of what's going on um i mean you know it that it's either going to resonate with some people or it's not uh but we're, we have a bunch of products soft goods clothing expression uh oriented things there's an idea for a tournament um in 2024 the there's so many ideas around that tournament. It's not going to be like the original Astro event. Um, it could be, but you know, we'll just throw out some random ideas. I'd love to see like an eight man. I'd obviously love to see a seven man event, but seven man's just so on the nose and easy. It's like a, like a too easy of a thing. It's mm -hmm. too successful. You know, it's like, like maybe it's still an opportunity. It's still going back and forth, but I'd like to see some different things. Um, and I've had, a lot of people come to me with ideas that they want to see happen. Um, why they come to me for those ideas to fruition, to make into fruition, I don't know because I, I, you know, with Astra, I was publicly wanting people to take this as uh, inspiration to go do your own event, invite me to come play in it, 
Um, that was like truly like the whole thing. It's like maybe if I do one, maybe someone in Florida will do one, maybe someone in California will do one. And uh, you know, unfortunately, that's, that has not happened. Um, but we, I want people to know that you can do it. And look, I gave away all the entry fees as the first place thing because I wanted to give away 100% of like the uh, entry fees. You know, that, that was just it. Um, a lot of people were always, at, always asked, like, was it profitable? Was it this or was it that? And it's like, these are just all so low level questions, in my opinion. Um, my, my job isn't to make events. Like my salary and source of income isn't to create events to profit from. I wanted to make an event so you could have, you know, what I feel like it should be when you show up to a tournament. Um, the way it looks, the way it's done, um, pretty much on all fronts of it, what you could win, what's the upside of winning, and all these things that we did should be tinkered with. And that's why I say the next one won't be like the first one because whatever the next one is, I want to play into different elements and learn and grow with uh, these ideas because that's not what's really happening. I mean, look, we talk about like changing the BPS or adding Velcro to a bunker and all these different things that could be good ideas, but we have no fucking clue. I don't know if I shouldn't have cussed, but we have no clue because they aren't tried. Or if they're tried, it's tried in like Kentucky in someone's backyard with two Aztecs and like, oh, yeah, it doesn't work. And you're like, <laughs> come on, bro. Like, we got to do better. And that, yeah, I mean, I should probably stop there. Yeah, but I mean, that, that, it's, that's where I'm at. It's a conversation that needs to be had. And paintball uh, needs this developmental league where they can test things kind of like the XFL I mean, you see it right now where they're testing different formats as far as like kickoffs and uh, punts and things like that. When uh, yeah. just you need a a solid testing environment where you can um, experiment with changes so that you can innovate in the game instead of just kind of sit on the same thing that's been done over and over and over again until mm -hmm. you wake up and you realize you're very behind the times and someone else is going to come in and take over. Yeah, or you even have, um, you know, what I've seen in our sport, specifically the pro level, um, these changes happen that are just ideas and they rad have radical um, consequences. You know, in 2008 going into 2009, they limited rosters. And I think it's like really safe to say like over 40% of the pro population uh, <laughs> gone like truly from 2009 to or 2008 to 2009 or even to 08 to 10 um i mean you saw the first mass exodus of guys who are gonna play paintball and who don't have a place to play uh a lot of it was a lot of it was about the direction of the sport and going to more uh athletic formatted formats and layouts and bunker sizes and all that and that's going to happen. But then the next one, the next catastrophe was the true semi, which, um, I mean, was just a bad implementation that affected everybody. And I think that's wrong to do. Um, you should mitigate it at all costs, I'll say. 
this uh, a dramatic change to something that people love, like that's not really fair to do to your consumer without doing the testing and without doing, you know, you know, just some of the groundwork to even have a real case. Like a, a lot of it was around the paint consumption and mm. stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I just feel, felt like at the time there was things that were obvious, like this is going to make you shoot more paint or less paint, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I just think it's wrong to force these agendas on people when we have a good thing right now. Like the current state of tournament paintball is pretty damn good. It'd be a shame if we introduced an idea that was not so serving to this current format and we like go to a place we don't even know where we are, you know, mm -hmm. for the wrong reasons. I'm down with all these things if it's thought out, tried a little bit. Maybe we do a, like a mock tournament. I mean, what else are we got to do on the weekends? If there's not a tournament or a practice, like what else are you doing? And you're one of the, and we're industry leaders. It's like, you don't need to be an industry leader to try and change in the sport. And that's the point I'm, I think I kind of, didn't get out but mm. it's on you individually if you have a change to get some of your guys to go to a field and try and do it um and even better you invite teams to do it you create this whole other format like a division three team or like person could create a whole new division three format um it doesn't need to be five minute it could be three minute it could be whatever um but the problem is we all wait for somebody else to do it and life is finite and i don't want to wait you know longer than i have to for someone to come up with a good idea and you shouldn't have to wait for me to make another astra event before something is exciting and gets like the people going you know it should be coming from whoever wants it you should go out and do it and it doesn't mean you have to go do it but maybe like you push people the way i'm pushing whoever's listening to uh to try something do something um i hear you yeah. there i hear you there and uh <laughs> i i've got some ideas for for uh an event and even an event format that i'd love to run by you sometime uh yeah it, uh I think I think it would be an interesting spin, uh, but one one of those changes that I feel very strongly about um, is the whole Champions Cup thing that they're doing with the NXL. Uh, I've kind of done a like run the numbers and what would it have looked like in previous seasons if they had the whole Champions Cup thing in place because they're doing it from not just in the pro division but in every division where if you're a top four team throughout the season you get an automatic buy into quarters and yeah. for pro like sure i guess it makes sense even semi-pro like the divisions where you have to play every event but mm. like these divisions where they're only counting like your top three scores or whatever i i think it's to be completely honest i think it's ridiculous especially like considering hey you get a top eight buy and on top of that the top eight are guaranteed in the money at cup so it it seems like it's uh you're you're doubly benefiting on on a lot of that and even like at the divisional level, some of the teams that would have earned the top eight by last year didn't even make it out of prelims at cup. So can we really like let those teams who just straight up don't show up, allow them basically the double benefit there or yeah. like, is that right? That's a great point. And so, a I mean, 
I'm familiar with the pro thing. Um, and to the pro answer, I feel like it, it probably covers both, but it definitely doesn't seem right. Um, and here's, I'll, sorry, I'll separate it. So for the divisional thing, it definitely doesn't seem right. And we need to be, I feel, the league needs to be clear on their intention for what they are here to do. Are they here to grow? Are they here to provide an event? Are they here, um, you know, yeah, to be the biggest, you know, tournament series in the world? But I feel like a lot of the angst, um, not even with this topic, but just across the board, comes from that not being identified and or people feeling like they should be getting something else from the league and this is like a pro league comment um as opposite as the setup sounds but i just feel like there needs to be more transparency for what they are trying to accomplish to go back to the pro side of things my personal feeling is it's already a spectacle for pros we're already majority of them it's not for the money right like the top guys, we already get paid. Like, we're fine as far as like, we're not playing for money from tournaments. Mm-hmm. And that used to be the way the world worked back in 1902 with paintball. Mm-hmm. Um, you would play to win tournaments, and people who leveraged their, their lifestyle around winning events, like, that was a thing. And it shouldn't have been a thing, but it was a thing. I digress. But uh, where we are now with it, it's like these guys, we're not even playing for the money, right? And now they finally have like a $40,000 check uh, for Cup, which is sweet. Honestly, we should make up a number. There shouldn't be a real check. It should say like $5 million and we should just lie to the general public <laughs> and just like blow it out of proportion because that's how things work right now. And so it like makes total, I'm being dead serious also, dead ass serious. You should lie and say we win like $5 million Big check, big money, huge, awesome, goes viral, and now you have growth. That would be a, a means to an end, and if that was your answer is like, we're growing paintball, that's a that's a good idea. You should run with that, because that will go along with your plan. You'll have a result with the plan. Now, inviting these teams and creating this like bullshit bracket to compete, and then there's still the real teams who aren't a part of that luxury bracket still competing and playing and all those matches matter i mean it's just like how does that make sense um and are we caring about the consumer here or are we looking at the optics because it feels like we're looking at the optics here and we're trying to gather like world participation and yada 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 and there's something to be said about that too i just don't know if i agree with it or if the result of it even matters like are the tauntauns gonna win what happens if the tauntauns win they get 40 grand and nothing else like the week after it's it's over um so what's the big deal and if that it's the same shit if dynasty wins but just you know it 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 affects the other uh, 16 teams who weren't a part of the luxury bracket because they never even had a shot. You know, it could be mm. felt that is the case. Um, 
But anyway, I just don't know if that adds up. And so here we are on two pendulums and it's like, this scenario is great and it supports our idea or if this is the result and it didn't support our idea and it's not good. Well, the bottom line is the consumer is probably not super happy. Um, we all still pay to be here. Um, it may not be like the pro individual pro, but I mean, I pay in my time. I pay in, uh, I mean, a lot of my time. And then my, the team owner pays a whole lot else. And at the end of the, the common theme of all these guys, regardless of the financial stack, is uh, someone's still paying. Now, is that same guy happy with his payment? You know, like what happens with these big money guys? So let's say you take Bart, Randy, and Al off the table. Um, then what? Now we have Dynasty, which is an anomaly who figured out how to fund themselves all these years because of their great success and arguably couldn't be replicated because their success happened in a time where it was possible now it's not possible um you know it's just tough it's a tough one to figure so that's why i think we got to figure out what we're trying to do what yeah. the league's purpose is and how do we get more on par and at least all together with that absolutely uh it's uh you know, an interesting time where you could definitely have the freedom to go in a lot of different directions. Uh, and it, it would be nice if they were, I don't know if m more well thought out or if like what exactly needs to change as far as like the planning process of it. But uh, we, we know that something needs to change or at least it feels like some, it could be better, I guess, is the overall sentiment. Yeah. And here's a part that people don't ever understand and i've even tried to explain this to um you know pro guys when this stuff everyone talks the same like we all talk about what could be different and the thing is there's few movers and shakers um and then there's just a lot of people with opinions and a lot of the opinions don't add up to anything because they're not moving and shaking and then they point blame to the guys who are moving and shaking and for the record i don't think we want paintball in the hands of other people at least the total, like right now, it's like the NXL. They're, they're like the total end-all, be-all, at least for my relationship to paintball. I got no other option. So I don't want somebody else to have the ball other than Tom Cole. Um, he's done us well. You know, he's doing the best that he can, and he actually cares. What happens if you put somebody else, you know, in his, you put a wolf in his shoes? It's like a really bad thing for the sport, and it's so fragile um that we want this guy in it right now <laughs> um now if someone else wants to come in and like have ideas and make things happen and do all that that's great but you shouldn't be shaming the guy who objectively should have the ball has the ball you should help this guy we shouldn't vilify him or these the people at the top we should provide like solutions and it's like the easy answer to say but I do mean it um, because I just don't feel like you guys, like people out there, um, you haven't thought of it all. <laughs> like These guys have done a lot. They've made mistakes, but they you have to make mistakes to go forward. Um, and it's tricky. But for their sake, I just think it's important that they have a, whatever their future and their plan is, it needs to be clear to who it, it affects. And I think that's the, a problem right now. We're so small and uh, yet so big 
and the biggest hurdle of these huge events is it's impossible to like, make them larger. And that's like kind of the goal. And it's just not possible. And I talked to Tom at length about some of this stuff. It's it's easy to make the Astro event special because it's one field and it was all kind of hand catered. When you have all these other factors, unimaginable scenarios that they do handle pretty damn well. Um, I mean, what what are you what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know. So the big question is, how big can an event be? Is this the right way to do it? Should the pros have their own time? Should we, you know, how do we disperse this to make it make sense for everybody? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it's, we'll, we'll see what other innovations come out there, not just from uh, up top with the NXL, but also regionally, locally, from guys like yourself and guys like anybody else that could be listening that has an idea. Just go talk to people, make it happen. Cause your idea like paintball is a small enough community that a good idea there's, it's not saturated like it is in other sports or other hobbies. There is nobody telling, you no. um, there is no red tape. There is no anything. Um, it's all possible and it's a little reach here, but like, uh, you're seeing the big movement with the airsoft community. I mean, it feels like it's like, exploding and they created their own format called speed soft or like speed qb or something mm-hmm. like this and um and i remember watching some dude's vlog uh like three years ago and i looked it up i was like oh my god this is like crazy right right and uh then it slowly evolved it more less about walls and like uh close quarter combat but more into like shapes like paintball they say the same calls they wear the same gear as us they pretty much are playing paintball but with airsoft guns and a little tweak of what's going on but the growth in it has been inarguable and uh companies like hk are leaning really hard into it and they're taking the risks they're putting the money into exploring the field um they're putting paintball pros that they sponsor in positions to uh cross pollinate um you know realms and it just goes to show how quickly anything with a vision can blow up in this world we are in right now you know we're a tiktok away from you know something great um and that's like something that should be kind of leaned into and it for, across all pages and books alike um but yeah, that's what yep. I got. Absolutely. So uh, we're we're getting here toward the end of our shows. So anybody who's listening out there, first, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you have something that you want to ask Meter, go ahead and get your questions in the chat because we're getting here towards the end. Uh, so uh, this question is brought to us by FU Athletics. Go to thefuathletics.com. Use code in the pits 25 for 25% off of your order. Uh, so out of everything that you've done within paintball, uh, these last, you know, 20 plus years, uh, what has been your favorite moment in your career so far? Hmm. Um, I've been super fortunate with a ton of, uh, I mean, so many stories, so many memories and moments, um, it's really hard to say the one, but I think 
the one that speaks to me now is um I mean it's always about the relationships that you make through the game and the one that comes to mind right now is just the the traveling that I've done um when I was when we were able to go to Europe and play um but just the traveling I was able to do with some of my really good friends in a foreign land um I mean just exploring the world there's hundreds of stories I could pick so not one sticks out but I think it's it's that and you know winning when you're competing winning is everything but when I look back and I've been asked this question a bunch anytime I've said it's about like a win or a moment in a win I think it's a lie cuz just cuz I don't recall all of them you know and and even to say you remember the moment it's like i you i personally don't i mean a moment for me that's cr- pretty cool is like winning world cup rookie year broken hand cut the cast off with a uh like a hacksaw um or like a dremel with a hacksaw attachment and so like you know that's like a visceral moment but it's still the that day ends and that memory while it's cool it's only cool to me so I think what's cooler to, than that is like a memory that can be shared universally and with a story that um, we all understand. And it's all about my friends, um, you know, all of them, even the friends that aren't friends anymore. You know, it's, I think that's the best thing that I got. And I've done a lot of things in my life. I've been involved in a lot of other um, niche sectors of things from fashion to hunting to Man, gaming, I mean, I've been, I do, I do a lot and I find the thing that's unchanged throughout is the relationships I've gotten paintball. I just don't think I've, there's anyone else I relate to more than like my really good friends in the game, whether that or not, that's because you're, you know, like we talked about earlier, you're like redlining your body, you're pushing mm-hmm. yourself, you have adrenaline, you feel more like your true self than you do when you first wake up in the morning, you know, like I, I, I don't even know who I am when I wake up in the morning compared to when I'm at the field or like who the guy is who's dreading to go to the field to the guy who I am when I'm at the field. Like these are very different people. Um, and so I think the best moment is when I get to experience every time I go play and it's to meet people, see my friends and uh, be myself. Yeah, the the best moments in paintball are off the field, not on the field. Same thing with the the photos that you get back from events. It's not the action shots. It's like the the candids from in the pits or between matches. Those are the best moments. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think a big part of it is just the amount of sacrifice that everybody goes through in order to be able to do paintball at uh, especially at your level. And, uh, just being able to share that commonality with everyone else, even like your opponents, like there's, there's a connection there that is very difficult to encounter just on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's, it's something about sacrifice. It's something about doing the thing you don't want to do, um, to do the thing you want to do. Um, and I feel like you find this in a lot of different things, but for us, I think, the paint like hunting is similar like people think hunting is about like killing stuff it's like so far beyond that it's like you it's just this whole conversation is hunting you know it's like the gear to the the time travel the 
the sacrifice, the waking up early, the missing, the anniversary, the, you know, who knows. Um, and people still think it's like about the kill. And it's like, bro, I've, last year I had an elk tag. I didn't even get an elk. Um, and it was like one of the best times ever. But it, and it's not because of taking life or harvesting and getting meat and providing for my family. It's none of the macho bullshit. It's just the, you're going out to do something. And if you're hunting with someone else, they're going out to do the same thing with you. And you're sharing all that time in between the drive, the packing, the, the sunset, the sunrise, the cold temperature, the you're hungry, the water, the problem solving. Um, when you do stuff that's easy, anybody can do it. When you do something that everybody wants to go, or that every like-minded people set out to do, it's different. It's like the gym. The gym is some people's heaven. It's the, like the way, as passionate as we are for this, some people like to go lift heavy things. And like the bond that they share with one another, you can't even comprehend. Because some of these macho dudes who are like swolled up, like bodybuilder, maybe borderline juicing, it's the same damn thing. And the sacrifice and like the internal things that they're working through is uh is their commonality and paintball just does something specifically unique that is special well said all right so uh this next question is brought to us by hydra so now uh we've got world cup on the docket uh uh, you guys uh, ended up get, losing your top three status, so you're no longer in the uh, direct buy to quarters. You have to play in the prelims and then the wild card round as well. So in your bracket, you've got the Lucky 15s, you've got Columbus Level, Seattle Uprising, and AC Diesel. So what can you share kind of like what the team's energy was like coming out of the uh, Chicago event? And then what is X Factor either going to change or what are they going to focus on for the finale this year? Um, well, I'm really looking forward to the people that we're playing. Uh, I think our draw is awesome and I'm excited that we're not playing in the nonsense, uh, bracket just because it, it's really tough. Um, like I'm a believer going out and playing, like I'd rather play the top four teams than play like the easier path. Um, just because if you beat them, you're going to win. <laughs> If you don't beat them, or like you beat all the hard guy or easy guys, and then you face up against a really strong team, that's a crapshoot, you know. And more often than not, uh, and it sucks to say that, but I mean, history is like, I don't know. I think it rewards this opinion. Um, you just you're more dialed for what you're supposed to go do when you are actually tested and pushed and tap into like this different thing. Like I know when you're supposed to like, there's a feeling if you win tournaments and even in your personal performance, there's a feeling that you know that you're doing the right things. And then there's a feeling that you know that holy shit, we haven't seen what we need to see to be prepared for what comes. So stoked with what we got changes. You know, I think a lot of it is still the same for what we're, setting out to do to be more disciplined and you know just winning the moments i think that was a big thing about x factor the past three years or any of our final performances is like we just we've lost the moments that matter so being prepared to win those and understanding how to identify those and um 
you know, all that, that takes uh, all of us as individuals collectively to sharpen ourselves, to know how to look for that. Personally, I feel like I need to become just a, a better, uh, a better competitor and a better leader for our team to get over this hurdle. And, um, you know, that could look like a couple different things, but I just feel like that's what I can bring to the table for our team is just be more on it. Um, have the solutions and be more assertive in the vision that I have for our team and what I have for the events and what I have for our own individuals. And what that means is I have to take the time to really break it down and understand how do I communicate this in uh, an effective way. And I think if I manage that, I think we have a far better chance um, of winning. I think it's not only me, but if I'm able to accomplish that, all of us together are going to be better for it. Um, and that's what it takes to change, uh, you know, results is it takes true application of yourself and figuring out how to make this machine operate. Um, it only starts with you being accountable for your own shit. So, that's what I have to do as a man, as a competitor, and yeah, we do that. I think we have a damn good chance of uh, getting a better result. Definitely, and I think uh, obviously everybody here in Texas is going to be rooting for you guys to take it home, as we know that you've been right there this whole year, and uh, you're certainly capable of doing it. Yeah, well, we got to make it right for you guys, for sure. All right. So, uh, this question I ask everybody that's coming on and, uh, I, I do it kind of to get the word out about maybe some up and comers that, uh, uh, they could use a little bit more, you know, the word spread around about them. So, uh, this question is brought to us by get that shot message him on Facebook or Instagram for media coverage at BunkerFest, USXBL, or NXL. So is there anybody in Texas, either teams, players, brands, or projects that have caught your attention lately? Who out there deserves more recognition for what they're doing? Well, we live now. When I read this question, my knee-jerk reaction was, um, "We live in an era now where I feel like everyone is like represented pretty damn well. Like I know a lot of these players that I barely, I shouldn't know, right? Just because I haven't had many personal interactions with them, but I feel like I know them through social media and all that. Um, but I'll say the people that I see who work hard, I don't know if they deserve more recognition, but, uh, you know, I think people who've, who are good people and who are working hard and should have their name brought up at least is like, uh, Logan Hansel. Um, you know, he, I've just seen a lot of evolution from him and he's still growing and he's still figuring out where he needs to be at. Um, as a player, but he's a kid. I mean, he's an adult now, or he's like 20 something now, but I mean, I've been watching him since he was younger and didn't even fill out the body form of playing paintball, right? You know, and uh, obviously we got like Jacob Johnson. Uh, he's he's on the map already. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of these people are already on the map. Um, so I don't think there's anyone who's come across my 
vision yet uh who i'm like this person needs some limelight but what i will say is i'm just really happy about a lot of these guys trent mason logan hansel jacob johnson i mean all the fit guys um just because they're living it right now they're living it they they're gold 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 um like I said, I don't think they need more recognition, but I am proud to see what they're doing. And if you do feel like you need the recognition, um, let me see you. You know, show. Let me see what you got. Let me see where you're at. Where Where are you hiding? Um, make it so obvious that it doesn't mean that you deserve recognition that it's earned. I love it. Yeah, get your name out there, and if if you need help, then uh, you know, prove us, prove us wrong. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, message people. Be annoying, dude. If I had the option to be annoying when I was a kid, I would have been 20,000 times more annoying. I didn't have the ability to DM people. I had MySpace, my top eight, you know? <laughs> That's all I could figure out. We didn't even have Messenger then, so. All right. So looking at the chat here for any last questions before we sign off, let's see, from Ruben. Uh, he asked, Meter, when is the Serial Killers movie coming out? You know, I have no clue. Um, I have zero idea, but they did, we did release a headband, uh, collaboration. Um, I think it's for sale on their website at monkeywithagun.com, but I really have no clue about anything regarding anything outside that. I know they were filming, uh, they've been filming the Hormesis movie throughout the year. So, uh, yeah. So the Hormesis movie, um, it, it, it will probably come out it's another one no hard date um but i've been filming with them a lot um so i kind of i have a much more better idea of what's going on there and it'll probably come out next year um if everything goes like really well it'll be out next year it could be a little longer because they're capturing a bunch they intend on i think that one will be one of the best it'll probably be the best paintball take movie situation of the modern era um so i mean looking forward to that we need more of that we don't have enough media of uh meaningful media long format um uh, stuff out there absolutely all right well i think that does it for our show so our final question comes to us from compete which is gel stewart's brand message him on facebook or instagram mentioned in the pits for 10 percent off of your order of soft goods so meter Thank you so much for your time. This has been a fantastic episode. I uh, love getting the chance to just sit down and chat with you. Uh, do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? Hmm. Shout out to uh, Alex Martinez. Without him, uh, I mean, none of this is possible. Um, shout out to good people. <laughs> He's a great person. Shout out to the good and great people out there who make these things uh, even realities that we're able to have um you know thank you for everybody top down in the paintball world um each one of us matters even if you're just a pure consumer of the game you matter more than you think you do and you know shout out to all my friends <laughs> shout out to everybody um shout out to shout now that's all i got um and if you're listening you know i really appreciate your time and i appreciate you listening to christian's podcast it's uh it's a beautiful thing that we are able to do um 
just talking about the game that we love and able to entertain you, make your day or night or whatever you're going through, give you some sound. Appreciate it, Meter. All right. So I think that does it for our show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to go follow Meter at Dimitri Christos on Instagram. Uh, what other guests would y'all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below while you're at it. Hit that subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on youtube.com slash at in the pits paintball podcast. Recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple podcasts, and Spotify the next day. Shout out to my partner and sponsor to your subscribers on Patreon, FU Athletics, Get That Shot, Paintball Kumite, Compete, Bem Raps, Skull Monkeys Paintball, Hydra, XTPL Events, YI Paintball, Mariachi Aguilas de Oro, and Pod Runners Union. We will see you guys next week for episode 67. Uh, new time, we're going to go live at 5 p.m., so a little bit earlier, and we will have Robert Jordan on the show. Uh, Mr. Big Daddy Cool himself from the After the Buzzer show. He's also a commentator for the USXBL webcast. Uh, we're going to talk with him, kind of get a uh, preview to the USXBL Series Championship. Uh, so we'll see you then. Meter, thank you so much for your time.